you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. Several things to be excited about this morning. One, uh, if you went through this year our mentorship program, would you stand to your feet right now? And if you're in the back, like step forward just a little bit just so we can see you. No, like stay there, but like you're in the back row, people that are talking, Brian Wilson, you're one of them. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, I don't call out Brian Wilson. It's not cool to do. Anyways, uh, uh, I want to say thank you to all of these guys. I'm super proud of the mentors and the mentees that did the program. I love you guys. Uh, we have a certificate for you to just help you remember that you did great things. It's hard is in the race that of Christ, uh, seldomly are there little things that say you did it. But um, I want you to know heaven sees all the things that you're doing. You know what I'm talking about? And so, um, but want you to, we just want to stop and say I'm proud of you guys. I'll tell everyone what, who they are here in a second. But um, I just want you to know that I see you and I'm so thankful for you. And uh, it was definitely not easy what y'all went through this year. And so uh, can you stretch out your hands for these folks here? They're graduating and we're sending them on to make disciples. Father, I thank you for that last book that they read, um, that one by Francis Chan about, um, about making disciples, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that they would answer the call now, next, and run the race and to go and make other disciples. I thank you that they are students and that they're hungry for your word and that you put a, a love for reading and for knowing and for studying and for being vulnerable in their hearts. I pray, Father, that they would run the race with great endurance and uh, that they would do make you proud. I bless them today for their faithfulness and their commitment to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Those that were just standing, some of you have no idea what the heck that's all about. We do this thing uh, just once a year. You can sign up, and it will be in January. And so January is actually a huge month for us, not just because we're hoping to be in that building, whoop, whoop, uh, <laughs> but because, like, spiritually speaking, we reset, and we do a lot of things that you're going to hear about. But one of them is the mentorship uh, groups. And so um, once a year, we sign up. We, it's, it's not a connect group. It's far more intense than a connect group. A connect group is a group you go to. You could read the Bible together. You can come whenever you want. You can leave whenever you want. You could say, this group isn't for me, and you can peace out. This is not that way. This is a ride or die kind of group of people. This is a band of brothers or sisters. It's a sisterhood, uh, brotherhood, and um, you actually sign a contract and a covenant with God to enter in. Your spouses have to sign that they're committing to release you to this group. And it's a meeting once a month, just once a month for a few hours, but they schedule all the meetings the whole year out. And what they did and what they committed to do before the Lord was to memorize scripture. The first year students, uh, mentors, uh, mentees, they memorized 20 verses. They, um, uh, the second year group memorized over 100. Um, the, what they did is they all read a book every month together um, that we selected for the whole group. And, um, and so they would read a book. They would um, read uh, a chapter every day together. Um, and so they read the whole New Testament together. But it's way more than that. It's an accountability group like not many others, where the idea is to be extremely intrusive in each other's life 
with a lot of vulnerability. And so they ask a lot of questions that you have a hard time getting to in the connect group. And they hold your feet to that fire and say, hey, last week you said, or last month you said this, where are you at now, Jack? And so uh, it's really cool. It's really powerful. It's really vulnerable. And it's, um, I'm just really thankful. Uh, I want to be a part of a community that wants to be hungry for God and wants to love him more than I love my own pride and my own comfort zone. And so it's hard to put yourself in vulnerable places, even in connect groups. So this is kind of like a deeper thing. And uh, what we'll do in January is we'll have two meetings that kind of talk more about this thing. And then you sign up and your spouses sign up for you. Uh, or they sign you up <laughs> and say, you need that. And, uh, but then you, you do it because it's a promise that you make before the Lord. And uh, it's quite awesome. Anyways, I'm really thankful for y'all, uh, first years and second years, and excited to see what God has for you next. And that's it. Um, no, no, I have multiple other things that I'm grateful for. Yesterday was really rad. Um, our students, we sent over 40, um, I understand 55 people from our church went to the youth conference in Orlando this weekend where they joined thousands of other kids, um, where many, uh, even in our church, uh, but hundreds were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Many accept Jesus for the first time. Uh, what is, really makes me excited is like when I look at our church and I see people in the altar, um, youth, you need to know that in every move of God, it's always been the youth that initiated these things. And so even when you come back from these events, we can feel the enthusiasm in the room. And while you didn't lead us this morning, uh, there was a push here, and we want to be people that are hungry for the Lord. My daughter this week, she's not here. Uh, she, um, maybe she is here, I'm not sure, but she, she got a chance to get up on stage and preach to everyone, right? And it's so rad. It was like she got up there, and she's preaching to thousands of kids, and she's 11 years old, and she went for it, man. But what was so cool for me was that when she told me, not that she preached, but she told me and Teresa last night that she was in every altar call they, they did. That's funny because you think that the objective is to like get to the point where you don't need the altar. And I, I tell you, like, I love the altar. That's why, like, that's always going to be my seat because it's the closest to the altar. I accidentally am on the altar. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like I, 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 and I think, like, I want to lead from a place of vulnerability that I can't ever forget that we, we need the Lord to move in my life. And when my 11-year-old daughter is running to the altar, it makes hunger begots hunger. And when you hear other people crying and weeping in the room, you forget, oh, I want that back. I want to be hungry for the Lord. I want to love you. I don't, no, no, don't, don't, don't listen to them, Lord. Listen to me. Like, let me, I want your, God, look, I'm, I'm more hungry than they are, you know. And uh, I want that in my life, amen. Anyways, I'm proud of our youth. Um, I have another cool thing that's going on. Uh, we, uh, I'll tell you next week where we are financially with the building. Uh, so we'll give you some more of that updates. We're hoping to be there January 7th should be our first service. If everything falls into place, but really, what do we need right now? We need prayer. Um, all, there's inspectors about to start going in that building, and so we really need prayer. Like that's the way, because like, a lot of people say, "Oh, everything's we're going good." Until no, 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 like everything's gonna go good. Amen, right? And so, um, 
Uh, but what we're doing over there right now, this week, we're building the stage right now. Like, literally, we're building the stage that's, that's going on over there, and it's really rad. you got to come and see it. The bathrooms, the toilets are going in tomorrow. We're pretty jazzed up about that. Um, and and we're, we're putting the carpet in. So we've got most of the carpet in downstairs. And so tomorrow, I need help. Uh, there's a few people that said, I'll come and help. I'll be there Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, till, like from 8.30 until whenever. You guys can come and help lay carpet. I don't know how to lay carpet. I didn't either. Just give me carpet. I, get, I don't know. We'll figure it out when we get there. But um, if you want to come help. But Saturday, we're going to do uh, all hands on deck kind of day. We've been doing one a month, and we're going to do one this Saturday where you need to move furniture. We need to clean windows outside. We need to get a whole bunch of stuff straightened up. And so if you want to come this Saturday, we'll start at 10:30. Check Slack for the details, um, or contact Brady, uh, and he'll tell you the rest. Because Brady is good with details, and I mess everything up. Amen. And that's all the details I have for you: um, carpet, toilets, stage, and it's all happening, man. It's gonna be beautiful. And then um, this, I'm hoping, if everything works out, it's a long intro to my sermon. Um, if everything works out, Christmas Eve will be our last service here in this church. Wouldn't that be rad? It'll be super sad. It'll be really powerful. And uh, it'll be really awesome. <laughs> I'll be so glad. Oh, praise the Lord. Okay, cool. Um, would y'all stand to your feet for the reading of God's word? Jesus. Man, this is a good one. I, um, we're talking today about the will of God. Have you ever wondered, God, what is your will for my life? It's like a big question, you know? Teenagers, like, get stuck in these questions, young adults. And then, like, sometimes we just, we think, like, God, what are you, what is your will? And sometimes we just complicate the tar out of this thing. I'm going to tell you right now, today, everyone's going to leave knowing God's will for your life with 100% clarity. It's quite beautiful, actually. Here we go. The scripture says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good, but reject every kind of evil. And isn't that powerful? I'm going to start that over here. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you. Let's pray. Jesus, help. <laughs> Amen. All right, here we go. Yeah, all right, let's go. I'm sorry for clapping. Hey, welcome everyone that is online. I love you guys, and uh, we're so thankful uh, that you're with us. This is going to be a fiery service. Um, would you all get your cell phones out for me? Uh, we haven't we waited to do the text until right now, and so we want you to text in, everyone. Uh, give thanks. Hit your neighbor, your spouse who never texts in, and say you're supposed to do it too. Your pastor's talking to you, and uh, and if you're online, we love you guys. Text online after give thanks, and you'll send that text to seven 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 thirty five twenty. If you've never texted before, someone has a gift for you in the back of the room after service, and so uh, thank you so much. We're gonna end this service a little differently than we did the first service. Uh, mostly because I just got overexcited and sent everyone home. But my beautiful bride, who is um, extremely anointed and hears from the Lord, she was like, hey, have a better idea how we're going to do this? So we're going to end service today by laying hands on everyone that um, gets a sense that you might have a stronghold in your life. And so we're going to break that thing off. Amen. It don't belong on you. God didn't design it for you. It's not his will for your life. And you don't need to go home with it. And so today, if you're struggling or stuck in something, uh, we're going to take it off in the name of the Lord. 
because that's what he said we are called to do. Amen? This is going to be a good one. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just like when people do that. I'm not really good at it. Though. Um, all right. So uh, I was at the Publix the other day. I think it was Thursday when the Lord inspired this sermon. And, uh, and I was in the checkout aisle. And I looked over, and uh, you know how they always try to get you to buy last-minute things when you're standing there. And I looked over, and I saw my favorite, the, the greatest candy bar that's ever been made. Y'all know what it is. So shout it out. Reese's. Come on. It's the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Ain't nothing. Never been made. More glorious. It's perfection in a cup. And uh, they're called cups. They're wonderful. I love cups. And, uh, and for whatever reason, this time it got me dreaming a little bit. I always stick to old faithful, good old natural, old, you know, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. But for this time they had like the, 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 pretzel, the salted pretzel one that was like, you know, the little bits of it. And I, I just started like, man, it was like I could taste it. You know what I'm talking about? And, um, but my wife and I were on a budget. And so I, I disciplined myself. I said no. And so I didn't do it. But I could taste it. But I did not taste it. And I am upset about that today. <laughs> but um, uh, I, it got me thinking about something because there are some times in life where we want something and it's almost like, it's almost like we have it. We know that it's good and we want it. And so we, but you don't have it until you buy it, until you lay hold of it. And so this message today is about, is about joy. It's about gratitude. It's about living thankful. And I think when we talk about these kinds of things, there are some of us that like, you don't understand, this is God's will for your life. This is what he wants, is for you to have a heart full of joy. But we live with the mentality that like, yeah, yeah, I got that. But everyone around you knows the real truth. You ain't got that. In fact, when we get around you, we are miserable because we have been with you. Uh, because you have a mind that is in the gutter. And, but we think to ourselves, oh, yeah, I'm grateful. No, no, no. We want you to have a heart full of gratitude. Because you come from the mindset that you understand the reality. You're blessed. You're a son and a daughter. So what is God's will? That you would give thanks. That you would give thanks. That you would give thanks. And so I was in Publix in a, in a, in a mindset that, like, I want that, but I don't have that because I'm not buying that. And there are some of us that know that joy exists and it's possible, but you don't have it. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, you have to understand, Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, and he died so that you would have the Holy Spirit in your life, and a fruit of his Spirit is joy and peace and patience and kindness. So I started thinking about these things, and, and my man, uh, Tony Robbins, y'all know Tony Robbins is, is, man, I wish I could preach like Tony Robbins. He, he said this, and I'm going to try to say this word better, babe. You can't be angry and grateful simultaneously. Simultaneously. You can't. There you go. I said it. Praise the Lord. Come on now, somebody. I'm really preaching. You can't. Simultaneously. You can't be angry and grateful simultaneously. You can't be fearful and grateful simultaneously. You can't. Um, gratitude is the solution. And so while I know Thanksgiving is coming up, we're just doing a one-stop message today. Thanksgiving is not something you do once a year. 
It's designed to be the will of God. And the reason why Thanksgiving is the best holiday of the whole year is because it's, it's a pure holiday. There's food and people that you're supposed to love. And you are supposed to biblically love those people. And so with joy, we sit back and realize, I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to have good food and laugh and eat and drink and be merry with people that I care about. God, I'm, I'm rich. This is the mindset that we're supposed to live in every day. It's not a one-a-year event, but it is for some of us. And so today I'm going to talk about this reality that like some of us are struggling with anger or fear or worry or busyness. And we've missed the simple truth that the Lord wants you to be thankful. Anyways, point number one, if I had a point today, would be I want you to identify the wrong thoughts that you're living in. You're visiting joy and thankfulness. You're living in worry, anxiety, anger, resentment. And I don't know what happens in these conversations, but we can get stuck there. And that's not the will of God for your life because it creates bitterness. It creates all kinds of other stuff. The, the Lord designed you to carry the good news. Now, always when I preach these messages, y'all need to know that I preach this to myself first. This week, I had a gentleman who introduced me to someone I didn't know. And he said, this guy is so great. He's a great man, but he worries all the time. What the, did you say about me? I don't, I don't worry. And I got to my prayer closet, and it broke my heart. So, Lord, you have not called me to worry. You called me to faith. You called me to boldness. I have everything that I need. And I had to start speaking truth over my life. I don't know if what you see is worry, but that man saw it and he said it. And that, that ain't who God's called me to be. And it's not who you're called. And I don't know who sees you on your worst day or in your worst moment. But what you need to know is out of the abundance of your heart, your, your mouth will speak. So the things that you're thinking about and the things that you start dwelling in is what starts coming out. Watch this. Identify the wrong thoughts in your life. Let go of anger and leave rage behind, Psalm 37, 8 says. Don't get upset. It will only lead to evil. Wait. Well, come on, God. That's an exaggeration. If I get upset, it's going to lead me to evil? It's their wells. Like you're drinking from stuff repetitively when we're supposed to be drinking from gladness. You know what I'm talking about? He says this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 through 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all the types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ Jesus forgave you. And there are people in your life that may be at that table this week that you've pegged as as rude or, or, or someone you cannot trust, and you've made them a villain. The enemy will have a way to turn the people that is supposed to be an assignment in your life 
a bullseye and a target. And he'll turn them against you. But remember, Jesus said that we'll bless our enemies. But what happens is when people hurt us or they wrong us, we create a conversation alone where no one else can hear about how terrible they are and all we're doing is speaking death over them when we were supposed to be the ambassador that leads them back to Christ. We're ambassadors of reconciliation. So you know the worst of them, but you're called to be the one that brings them back, not ostracize them. So some of us, we're building resentment against someone else. We're, we're getting upset and frustrated because they're not who we want them to be. And it's like a control thing that we got going on. And I just want to let you know, like today, what you see, what's wrong, you got to let go of some of that. And you got to start like thanking God that he's allowed people in your life that are broken. Thank God that he knew that our brokenness and invited us into his world, right? That makes sense? Okay. So what he's saying is let go of anger, let go of bitterness, let go of fear. And I don't, I don't know what thoughts you get hung up on. So I'm just going to say a few of them. You may know the one you get stuck in. Maybe it's not giving thanks and gratitude and feeling rich. But by God, y'all need to know, we hit the lottery. We're sons and daughters of God. We are the richest people in the world. Watch this. Maybe anger is something that really gets you. And you get angry. You don't know what to do. Or, or you, you get afraid about something. Maybe it's, maybe it's doubt. Or, or you're worrier, man. Or you get frantic. Or, or really just, just frustrated with things in life. And you just, man. And, or you're busy. And you're busy. And you're busy. And you're busy. And all of these things will choke gratitude from you. But the will of God for you in your life is to live in the, in the vine of blessed, of rich, of thankful. That you possess the good news and the spirit of Jesus that he died and gave through his resurrection power to you. Watch this. I'm going to spell this out. Maybe you worry, maybe, maybe in your life you're stuck in laziness and you just can't get started. Or you're just numb to things. Maybe you worry about your marriage or your kids or your money or your work. Or maybe you're afraid of change. All of this is the wrong place. We start and live with gratitude. Can I get an amen? We're bringing change today. So the first thing I want you to do is identify your wrong thoughts. And then I want you to understand where they're supposed to be. Watch this. Uh, nope, before I get there, Acts chapter 25 tells a really cool story about things that can go wrong in our lives. So there's this cool story about Paul and Silas, and they're having a bad day. They're having a bad day, and they're anointed. And they're called of God. And I want you to know that bad days still happen to blessed people. Watch this. Paul and Silas are out being the most spiritual people in the world. They're literally casting out devils. They're walking around town, and they see this lady. she got a devil. They cast the devil out of her. And because she became free, 
Her owners stopped making money. So they got a problem with Paul and Silas. And they demanded that the city attack them. And so what happens on this great day of their being anointed, doing what God wants them to do, something terrible happens. They didn't get a flat tire. They, their, their, their heel didn't blow out of their, of their shoe. They, they didn't have a bad perm day. All right? they, they didn't overdraft their bank account. No, no, no. Watch this. The scripture says in verse 22 that a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials ordered them to be stripped and beaten while they're honoring the Lord. They were stripped naked. Dear Lord, that's bad. And beaten with rods. Now, the scripture says they were severely beaten and they were thrown into prison. And the jailer ordered them to make sure that they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet into stocks. And here's the difference. Is that sometimes we have a bad day or bad things happen to us and we get a good case of the woe is me. And the woe is I don't like those people, and I'm never going to tell them about Jesus again. And I'm definitely not going to cast the devil out of that girl again. She can have that devil. And I don't know what else like we get a, a case of, but like I'm joking right now. But the reality is, is we have thoughts. And when things go wrong, where do you live? When bad things are happening, do you live in the camp of like, I'm, God, I'm so thankful? Because that's hard to do. But this is what Paul and Silas did. They're in prison, and, and I just want you to know, if I was prisoned with Paul at this point, and he decided that he was really excited and wanted to start singing, I would probably throw something right at that dude. But Paul looks over at Silas and says, hey, man, isn't God good? I'm sorry, what? God is so good. Hey, let's pray. Let's honor the Lord together. And they begin telling the Lord how faithful he is, and the scripture says that they begin singing songs to God. You can choose whatever emotion you want in your life. You can see life the way you want to, or you can choose to live in the will of God. The reality is when you live in the, in the will of God, you live in the miraculous. And Paul and Silas begin to choose to see that he is good even when circumstances are not good. They lifted their eyes and their praises brought about a freedom and a victory for them. God's called you to live in a mentality that you're blessed. And that he is good. And that he's worthy of praise. And so they begin singing songs. And I just want you to know, like, songs are spiritual. Music has always been spiritual. Right from the beginning, before mankind was even created, we know that music has a spiritual effect on us. So when you're in a bad scenario, we are more blessed than any person that's ever lived on planet Earth from the dawn of time. Because now you can have Darlene Sheck or whoever, I don't know who the new worship leader is, Maverick City, come and enter your car and sing to you whenever you want. So please understand, if, if you're having a hard time and you're stuck in a situation, put some music on and begin to celebrate the Lord. Change the atmosphere and the culture in your brain. Get rid of all that yuck and all of that and all the all the all the all the like malice and the frustration and the hatred or the anger or the worry or the, and begin to seek the Lord and celebrate Him. 
And that's when the miraculous happens. Church, there's a dark world out there that is going through just as much stuff as you. But the difference is, we got the good news. But when they're encountering us and not hearing the good news, something's wrong. And it's only because we don't know how to flip the script. Second thing I want you to know, one, identify the wrong thoughts. The second is I want you to recognize God's will for you. So this isn't just like a cute scripture. We see it actually everywhere. But I'm going to read that scripture over you one more time. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, not just on November 25th, right? For this is God's will for you. And so Romans chapter 12, verse 2 would say this. I don't want you to copy and be like everyone else. I don't want you to copy the behavior or the customs of this world. But I want you, watch this, to let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You'll become a new creation in Christ Jesus by changing the way you think. And some of us are stuck in negative or in bad, or in worry, or in fear. But when you begin to change the way you see things, all of a sudden, God's throne is exalted. And he's bigger than any problem we're up against. And he's still good, and he's still good, and he's still good, and he's still good. I don't know if I'm, if, I don't know, the first service, I really, they heard it. I don't know if you guys are all sleeping on me right now. But he is still good. Regardless of what prison you're in, freedom is in your praise. It's in your ability to lay hold of gratitude that you still have oxygen in your life. Most of you walked into this building this morning and probably slept with a roof over your head. Your life is not as bad as you want to give yourself. We have something to give thanks for. So don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world, but let God transform you a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. It starts from gratitude. Prayer always starts from a place of praise. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. And it starts from there. God, you are good. There's no one like you. There's never been. There never will. There's no one next to you. There's no one that compares you alone. It doesn't start in all of this nonsense that we're living in. Bad things are going to happen. Your life isn't going to be everything you want it to be. But you surrendered that at the cross, didn't you? When you abandoned your life. And you said, God, you can do with it whatever you want. So now what we do is we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And His goodness is moving in our life. And we're so grateful that He's mindful of us. And we start realizing, oh man, God, I have everything. I have so much more. We are the richest people on the planet. What, 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 what do I need? I don't need anything but you, Lord. Now perspective is different. What is God's will for your life? For you to give thanks. For you to give thanks. For you to be give thanks. For you to give thanks. Watch this. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 8. Always be full of the joy of the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. I love when the scripture does that, when they tell us something and they tell us again. It's like we are little children, because I have to tell my children, hey, I want you to go brush your teeth before we leave. Did you brush your teeth? 
This is what the Lord's doing to you. He's treating you like a child right now. I want you to rejoice. Let me say it again. Rejoice. And some of us just struggle with that. Like, like we're just, we're really good at saying what's bad. How, how gas is, is up or, you know, mortgage or, or interest rates or uh, woe is the country and everything's dark. All right, I'm going to move this thing along. Always be full of the joy. Again, I say rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, I want you to pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And what's that? Thank him for all that he has done. What he's already done. God, thank, I know, hey, this is what I need. God, I want to start thanking you. Some of you, your prayer life is not where you want it to be. It's dead. And it's not really good. This is your lifeline right now. It's called praise. I want you to start thanking God out loud. This is what I have to do when I, um, no, I'm going to keep reading you first and I'll tell you about what I do in a minute. Then you will experience God's peace. Then after you thank him, then you'll have peace. Right now there's worry or there's anger or there's a war going on inside. You don't have to have that if you'll just learn how to start thanking the Lord. Then his presence will come because God inhabits the praises of his people oh man so it's like you're a temple you're a church and you'll be full of the lord because he loves praise and you won't have all the yuck because you'll have a new mindset isn't this good pastor this is so simple let's do it (laughs) all right then you'll experience god's peace which exceeds anything we can understand His peace will guard our hearts and our minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and what is honorable and what is right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Get your mind out of the gutter. Stinking thinking has to go if you're going to live in the power of the gospel. First thing, I want you to recognize what is bad thoughts. Second thing, I want you to recognize what God's will is for you to recognize how to give thanks. So this Thanksgiving, y'all better be the happiest, jolliest people that ever, ever have ever met. But we're going to start doing it today at lunch, wherever we go, right when we walk out this door. And, uh, but this is what I want you to do. I want you to practice the discipline of thanks and praise. Here's how you do it. I, um, I struggle sometimes with it also. I'm, I'm largely, I think, a thankful person where I see the glass mostly always half full and God is the one that filled it. But there are some times where I'm stuck. And, um, and so what I like to do is I like to pray in the spirit. Um, but I have found that, that praise is one of the greatest ways to unlock the spirit of Jesus in my life. This is difficult. So let me give you a couple tips. One, one, use music. It's a great tool, right? But you still have to make it personal because that's someone else's song. I'm going to write my own. And it starts with me just recognizing the things that I love or that I'm thankful for that he put in my life. Now, if you're not careful, you can do the same thing every day. So it's easy for me to thank God for my wife, right? Because she is the greatest thing that's happened to me short of salvation uh, ever. 
It's easy for me to thank God for my kids, which I do all the time. They're wonderful. But I, I thank God for things that are off the beaten path a lot. I thank God for my thumbs. I thank God for orange juice. I thank God for the sunlight when, it, when it's warm and it hits your face. Mm. I, I, my son likes to always thank God for when it rains. He gets excited. The smell of rain. Why? Because I'm, it makes me feel alive. And I, I thank God for new socks. I don't know. There's something about like the way that they just they, they go on different. You know what I'm talking about? I thank God for turkey. An ocean spray cranberry sauce, fresh out of the can, cold sliced, just perfect and chilled. Oh man, come on, somebody! I thank God for uh, a lot of a lot of things, you know. But what I try to do is it's important. Watch this: when you begin thanking God, if you don't do it out loud, your mind will wander far easier because you're thinking about things that you love. So when you say it out loud, it becomes a power. Now watch this. Israel, when they would go to war in scripture times, before they went and attacked Hamas, they would send the dancers and the singers out in front as a war strategy. Now I don't know what the strategy in that really was, but I think it may have been something like, maybe the enemy got so confused over what the heck they're doing or maybe it did something in the people of Israel where they forgot that there was an enemy for a minute. And they just start remembering that God is good. And it gave them confidence to enter into war. Because you're going into war. You're going back to home. You're going back to work. Let me tell you how strongholds work. The enemy knows your number. And he knows how to get you. Because he got you there before and before, and before. So what you want to do is be able to figure out how to get your head above the clouds. That happens with praise. So speak it out loud and begin thanking God to be alive, have people in your life for an awesome church, for I don't know what, for a really beautiful, good-looking, strong, muscular pastor. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Uh, that's Brady, right? <laughs> All right, I'm going to end with this. Rach, would you come? Uh, I'm going to read three passages of Scripture. Um, and they're just designed to, um, we have a board of director, uh, Tom Benegas, on our, on our church. And, and he encouraged me a long time ago to read the Psalms. And he says that if you, you should read five a day, whatever day of the month it is, and then add 30, and then add 30, and then add 30. So I started doing it. I do it with Proverbs. I'll do it with psalms. Whenever I don't know what to read, I just go to whatever day it is, and I'll read a few psalms. And what I love is they unlock praise. And David said, I'll get even more dignified. I'll, I'll, I don't mind. I'm just going to. But it teaches me how to praise the Lord. And it should teach you what real praise sounds like. Because we don't do this from a place of comfort. He's worthy of our voice, y'all. Jesus gave his life for me. There was no comfort in that. And so I'm going to worship him, not from a place of comfort. And so I, I live my voice. And I sound funny sometimes. And Rachel makes fun of me when I sing, because she's a jerk. Um, Psalm 100, 1 through 5, David said this. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. 
come before him singing with joy and acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and go into his courts then with praise. Give him thanks and praise his holy name for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Amen? Isn't that awesome? Let me read this one to you. This one, it, it like pulls me up, man. It gets me right from like my bootstraps. Watch this. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins. And he heals all of my diseases. He redeems me from the depth, from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things and my youth is renewed like the eagles. Last one. I just felt like I should give you some praise. This is what it sounds like. The redeemed, we start life from a place of God's goodness not from a place stuck in the mess, but it's a place of gratitude. And he, did he save you? Did he wash you? Did he break the chains? And why are we living in that? No, no, we're going to live in a place of, I'm so thankful that you're in my life. Come, and let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise, for the Lord is a great God, and a great God above all gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest of mountains. The seas, they belong to him, for he made it. His hands formed the dry land too. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. We are the people that he watches over the flock under his care. If only y'all would listen to his voice today. Jesus, you're good. And I thank you for the way community church. I thank you for people like my daughter and like Ron I thank you for, for, for Carissa down in the altar today that are like weeping and they just want you to move in their life. I thank you for people that are hungry for you because it reminds me. I want you too. Like our youth, I want to go after you, God. I want more of you. You're the best thing in my life. I'm rich because I found you. You are the pearl of great price. And once we found you, we sold everything in our life to go after you. You are what this whole world is looking for. And I know you. And I know the power of your love for me. You're good. You're good. You're good. So as, as we leave this place today, we're going to have some people down here that want to pray for you.
and lay hands on you, if you're stuck in something that's not gratitude, we want to help you take it off today permanently. God wasn't designed for you. Amen? Here's what I just want you to know. What is God's will for your life? So you would know that you're blessed and that you're adopted. That's a beautiful thing. You're not forsaken. You're not abandoned. He's with you. So your life doesn't look like you want it to. And so that person didn't treat you the way you wanted them to. Jesus told you before you started this thing that you were going to carry a cross. There's going to be moments where it's not great. But what is great is that you'll never do it alone. Isn't God good? He's so good. I love you guys. And I pray that whoever you eat Thanksgiving with, you are the jolliest people that they have ever seen in your whole life because you know that you're rich. I love you guys, and I'm so thankful for you. We'll be down front. I want to pray with anyone that wants prayer. Come on down. God is good. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.